Hello, everybody. Welcome to 88 Miles Per Hour, the podcast where we dissect the art of screenwriting by reviewing movies and we'll also throw in some series along the way because why not? My name is Yang, I'll be your host, and today we're going to talk about the Apple TV Plus exclusive movie starring Tom Hanks, Greyhound. So grab your coffee or your beverage of choice and let's get into it. This movie is an adaptation of a 1955 novel by C.S. Forster called The Good Shepherd. The protagonist is a man named Ernest Krauss who gets his first command during the beginnings of World War II in 1942 February, right after Pearl Harbor and when America first joins the war. His first command is in the Atlantic where he has to escort a convoy of 37 allied ships across the Atlantic ocean to the Battle of Britain. During this journey there are 50 hours where there is no air cover support and this stretch of sea is called the Black Pit and it is the most dangerous for these allied ships. In this movie the convoy is being hunted by a pack of U-boats led by the Grey Wolf. What I loved about this movie is that it's balls to the walls action. It's at a tight 90 minutes which is a joy to watch. It is an absolute spectacle. There's no extra fluff that's stuffed in to try to give the story more gravitas or historical meaning. This is the epitome of everyday heroism. And the action when it starts just does not let up. I was white knuckled all the way through. I was on the edge of my seat with every death charge launch, every beep of that sonar. I was sweating and I loved it. And the visual storytelling needs to be really commended with this movie because there are just tons of naval jargon like pretty much everything everyone was saying I had no idea what was going on but it didn't matter they found a way cleverly to actually let you know exactly what's going on with the clever uses of visual aids. Each piece of information is first of all repeated like three times between the commander then to the relay person and then to the person in charge of the machine that the commander is trying to control. So you hear the information three times then you get to see the officer draw exact locations and distances on a light box or a radar screen to let you know exactly the positions of the U-boat and their destroyer. It's a very clever use of real life visual aids that I really appreciate it. and they somehow managed to turn something as complicated as a naval battle involving multiple destroyers, multiple U-boats into like a sporting event that I could follow along perfectly with crystal clear play by play. Like it was as if I was watching like a football match. And to top it all off, the 50 hour time lock really adds to the overall tension and pressure of the whole situation. And the whole thing just comes together to make it a awesome action movie. In terms of Tom Hanks's character, it's really thin. Like there are a lot of interesting qualities that the character has like he's really religious this is his first command he proposed to a woman who rejected his proposal like these are all really interesting qualities but these qualities never show themselves in the movie and this brings me to the first takeaway the first thing we can learn from this movie the best type of drama or I would say in my opinion the only type of drama is when your character arc affects your plot and vice versa for example in Greyhound Tom Hanks's character is very inexperienced this is his first crossing across the Atlantic. This is his first command and this inexperience is something that he needs to overcome. Whether this inexperience manifests itself in his own self-doubt and others doubting him 
whatever. But that never happens. This is a moment early on in the movie where early in the morning they find that the two other British destroyers have wandered off. They have broken formation to do their own thing. And Tom Hanks strictly tells them to get back in line and they do. This was a perfect opportunity to have these two, I would assume, more experienced officers or commanders question Tom Hanks' authority because he is new. And when things really get tough and tough decisions need to be made, the other commanders of the other destroyers never question Tom Hanks's authority or his experience. Even the people on his own crew don't ever think that, oh man, I think I'm going to die because my, my commander is really new. Like this is never an issue, but they made it a point. It's even in the marketing material. If you read the synopsis, it talks about the inexperience and the self-doubt of Tom Hanks's character, but it never affects the plot. And this is the same thing with his religious quality. Like we see him praying a lot. We see his Bible. We see all these like Psalms or whatever, like pasted around his room, but religion never plays a part in the plot. He never relies on his faith to get him through troubled times. He he never loses his faith, he never questions his faith. Like this is not even a thing in the movie. So why is it a part of his character? It's pointless. So the first takeaway is that whatever your character arc is, whatever you want your characters to overcome in their internal battle, their man versus himself battle, you should try to manifest that in the plot, have it affect the plot. And by overcoming the plot, he in turn overcomes his character flaw or his character arc. Usually you have a character that gets stuck at a plot point because he can't, can't overcome it. Then they realize that it's because of their inner flaw that they can't overcome. So they change tactics, they work on themselves and by solving their inner problem, then the plot gets solved. And then vice versa as well, that the, it could work the other way. This is the heart of dramatic storytelling and Greyhound had the character qualities, but it just lost it during the movie. And this can probably be attributed to Tom Hanks just not writing these types of movies. The second takeaway is around the idea of a framing device. A framing device is when you have something that bookends your story that seemingly doesn't have anything to do with the main plot. This is there to give the story more meaning, to have it resonate with modern audiences. If we think back to another World War II movie that Tom Hanks was in, Saving Private Ryan, the movie begins in modern day with a old man kneeling before a grave. And then we flash back to the main part of the story during World War II. And then in the end, we come back to that man, come back to that grave. This way we as an audience understand that even though this thing happened way in the past, it still has importance today. Greyhound has a framing device in Tom Hanks's proposal to Elizabeth Shue, a woman that he has loved for a long time. She rejects his proposal because she's afraid of the times that they are living in, that marriage is not appropriate with him going off to his first command. They make a big deal about how much Tom Hanks loves her and mild spoilers right now, just be warned. Okay, that this relationship with Elizabeth Shue never comes back in the end. As a framing device, you just can't have it open and then not end on it. Like that's not how a framing device works. So if this is not a framing device, then what is it? Like he, he never talks about his relationship or his love for Elizabeth Shue. She just disappears after he proposes to her. Yeah, she gives him a pair of slippers that he wears when his feet hurt, but that is it. That is the extent of their relationship. And it's just so, so pointless and such a waste of opportunity. If you're going to do a historical movie or a movie that you feel might not resonate with modern audiences, you can add in a framing device that modern audiences can resonate or sympathize with to give your story that extra meaning. This is where I feel like the 90 minute runtime actually hurts Greyhound a little bit. Because it's so tight at 90 minutes, it actually didn't have time to add in these character things. I feel like if this movie was 
20 minutes longer, it would have helped a lot. 15 minutes of character stuff throughout the main plot of the story just to remind audiences that, oh, there's this thing with Tom Hanks and Elizabeth Shue that he has this woman that he loves or whatever, and then five minutes to finish the frame. The third criticism and our third takeaway is the escalation of plot, or I should say the lack of escalation in plot. When this movie starts out, it's great. Like you, did, you got the U-boats there, you got the destroyers there. We're trying to throw death charges, trying to find where they are. The U-boats are trying to destroy the convoy. It's really like a cat and mouse type of game and it's great, but it doesn't escalate. It just keeps repeating itself over and over again until one side is destroyed. And that might have been the way it really went down, like in terms of these naval battles. But for a movie, especially like a movie like this, you need that escalation, that raising of the stakes after midpoint to give the audience that extra push that they need to be like, oh man, this thing has gotten real. Even though this movie starts out very real and very intense, if it doesn't escalate, it'll always deflate. The tension, the stakes, no matter how high it starts, it needs to get higher or else it'll diminish. Even though objectively it might not have diminished, it might be exactly the same, but the audience will get tired after watching the same thing over and over again, repeat itself, and they'll feel like things have gotten stale or boring or de-escalated. They could have done a number of things, possibilities that at midpoint they realize that there are a couple of convoys that are super special. They are carrying really special types of cargo that really need to get to Britain. I admit it's not the best possibility, but it's something. They could have added more U-boats to increase difficulty for our main character. And that's another problem with this movie is that even though the play by play, the moment to moment battles are very clear, in terms of the grand picture, you're never quite sure who has the upper hand. And that's because you don't know how many U-boats are in the water. Like you only know about the Grey Wolf who seems to be like the leader of this pack, but how many other U-boats are there? I don't know. I wasn't even sure how many destroyers there were either. So I wasn't until the very end that I realized that, oh, there were actually four destroyers, but you never really knew how many U-boats. Even after the climax, I was like, is it over? Because <laughs> I just didn't know how many U-boats are in the water. Maybe they wanted to stay away from, you know, I guess Hollywood gimmicks, I don't know, more historically accurate. But the takeaway here for us screenwriters is that at midpoint, we need to find a way to escalate the story. Because if we don't escalate, it'll de-escalate. You cannot keep it the same. You cannot keep repeating the same thing over and over again. Because no matter how good the moment to moment set pieces are, if things don't escalate, audiences will begin to hate it. All right, that wraps up this episode. If you liked it, please give me a five star rating. Would be really much appreciated. And I will see you guys in the next one. Peace.